0: We're so glad that you're joining us online. Um, We have some great stories from students, uh, Sarah Phillips and Jordan Sullivan tonight that we're excited for you to hear. This semester we've been working through this theme uh, called Whirlwind. Uh, We've been looking at the ministry of a man named Elijah in the Old Testament and God did some wild things through his life, but tonight is not going to be about one of those wild moments. It's going to be about one of those low moments in Elijah's life uh, when he kind of wanted to end things and it was too much for him and so if you have ever dealt uh with a moment where you've been low and maybe been depressed or dealing with anxiety or maybe even questioned uh, why you're here uh, tonight's message is just for you we're going to be looking at the whirlwind of depression once again we are so glad that you joined us tonight and we're really ready for what god is going to do among us let's pray as we open up the message god thank you so much for tonight that you have given us the freedom to worship you we pray God that you would speak clearly uh, through our stories ultimately through your story in the Bible in first Kings chapter 19 God we love you and it's in Jesus's name we pray amen
1: okay so my story is pretty recent um, about February into February early March I actually went to Andrew um, talking about how burnt out I was. I felt um, I had a lot of stuff going on. I couldn't really find motivation to do the things that I used to enjoy. Um, I wasn't sure why, but I just knew that I needed to get, needed to get poured into um, and kind of just have a break. Um, and then all of a sudden, the entire world shut down. Um, we were in lockdown. I ended up going home to Evansville um, and being with my family, which was very nice at first, um, very unexpected, but very much needed. Um, it, really forced me to just relax take a break Um, i didn't have as much responsibility as i did Um, and yeah it was definitely a blessing in disguise Um, like i said i got to spend time with my family that i really wasn't expecting to um yeah so i think that was it was a good it was a good first you know month or so then it kept going um and then we were still in lockdown i ended up finishing uh, my semester At home, and then I had a job in Indy, so I ended up moving back up to Indy uh, about the end of May. When I moved back, um, I was living by myself, so that was a big change. I had never done that before. Um, I was, you know, I've been in Indy a couple years, but I still—it wasn't really my home yet. um, So I wasn't as comfortable as I was in Evansville um, with a lot more people that I knew. I was. Really alone. Um, I would go to work, come home, and just do nothing. I had a couple friends that I hang out with, but we worked opposite schedules, so it was really hard to find time to um, be with other people. So, if you guys know me, I am a huge extrovert. <laughs> so it's really—I get my energy from being around people. So it was really difficult to not have um, other people. So I just—I felt very lonely, um, and I really wasn't sure what to do. So, in that time between about May till about the beginning of August, honestly, um, my mental health took a toll. It was, it just went straight down. Um, I laugh about it now because it's obviously getting better, but it was a really, it was a really hard time um, this summer. So I, like I mentioned, I was super alone. And, you know, the Bible talks about we're not supposed to do this alone. We're not supposed to do this journey, live this life alone. And so it was very difficult um, to not really consistently have someone Um, during those months so growing up like in high school and just when i lived at home i mental health was never a huge thing it wasn't really talked about um as much as i feel like it should be so whenever i would stress out about something or um my anxiety would flare up i just thought it was normal i thought it was how my brain worked when i thought of anxiety or depression i thought of these huge episodes where people were um you know, like having anxiety attacks and couldn't move or they like just these huge things that it, they do happen, um, but it's it wasn't what I was feeling. So I was like, oh, it's not anxiety. Like, it's just how my brain works. Like I said, I thought it was normal. I didn't really say anything about it. I just kind of dealt with it. Um, but then moving, moving up to college and kind of being on my own and realizing that some of these things aren't normal um, and kind of learning more about mental health and learning about anxiety, um, I realized that that is what I was struggling with for years and years and I just never did anything about it. Um, so, what I ended up doing, I was talking to my parents, um, I reached out to Andrew, and I started going to therapy. Um, I, at first, was a little skeptical. We, When my parents divorced, we kind of went to family therapy, but it wasn't anything that I was felt like I needed, if that makes sense. I was like, oh, I don't need therapy, like that's for weak, broken people, because I feel like that's the stigma it has but it, I now am a huge advocate for it. I think it is a very important tool that um, we're given in this life. Some people don't agree with it, some people don't think it's for them, um, but if you are going through something, I really encourage you to try it because um, I actually go to therapy through a church in Indy, so um, with that, it can be christ and faith-based but it doesn't have to be but they are still professionals um, that have studied mental health and have studied psychology and can still help so i think sometimes there's two extremes some people are like oh you just need more faith or things and that things will work out or oh you need more meds Man- manager talked about this you need more meds and there people have these two stigmas of therapy when in reality you can find a happy middle um, and i personally think that's what i found i found a um, place that is an unbiased opinion who cares about me and will give me both faith-based answers but also scientific psychology answers um, and i think that has really helped me throughout this time in my life so if you guys do have any questions or are interested in that please feel free to reach out to me because i think it is so important to talk about your mental health and to talk about things that may not seem all that right in your head. You may think it's normal, but it might not be. Um, so yeah, like I said, huge advocate of therapy. I think it's a great tool um, that God has given us. Um, so yes, big, big fan of that. Um, I also want to read a passage from Ecclesiastes um chapter four, verse nine through twelve. Um, when I mentioned I was feeling alone, um, it was my therapist and I talked about she's like Sarah you're the only one I'm the only one that you've told about this like no one else knows that you're struggling with this no one else like I'm the only one in your corner at this point and so I realized like that just reminded me I'm not supposed to do this alone I'm supposed to have this Christian community that is going to lift me up and love on me and be there for me and show God's love to me um, so in Ecclesiastes it talks it says two are better than one this is ESV version two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him uh, who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, who will withstand him? A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Um, So that has been a big passage um, that has helped me because again, we are not supposed to do this alone. I encourage you, please, please, please reach out. if if even you think like the smallest oh i might be anxious but like it's please talk to someone because it is so important to have that community um and to have people that either have been through it or know how to help you or can point you to someone um that can help you i think it is so so very important um i want to end with i just think it was crazy how god has been working um, currently in my life so when andrew asked me to do this message i the same day, I was the first day that I went to the doctor about my anxiety. Um, I don't know if I mentioned that or not, but I hadn't. I told my therapist about it, and that was about it. Um, I didn't really tell my family, didn't tell my roommate, my friends, and then finally um, I realized, okay, I need to actually talk to someone about this. So I talked to my doctor about it, and um, things are like starting to set in motion, set in motion um, to you know help me get better. So I just think it's kind of crazy that the day that i went to i finally told someone about it was the day that i was asked to share this story so guys i again encourage you to talk to someone um if you're comfortable and just know that we're here for you
2: (laughs) now ahab told jezebel everything elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword so Jezebel sent a message to the to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely. If by this time tomorrow, I do not make your life like that of one of them. Thank you, Jordan, so much for reading the first two verses of our passage tonight in 1
0: Kings chapter 19. As we see in this section, we're going to call it the threatening. And when anybody has been put in a desperate situation, a desperate place, they will always respond, with threats to try to gain control of the situation. And that's what happens with Jezebel. As soon as she feels out of control, Elijah has just taken care taken out 450 prophets of Baal. And so she responds with a death threat. And so one of the things we need to remember about Elijah is that his name means my God is Yahweh. And Jezebel's name means where is the Baal? So their names and their lives are in direct opposition with each other. And many be- people believe that Jezebel sent these messengers to Elijah because she was too afraid to confront him by herself. And But any anyway, rate, she puts a death threat on his life and she puts a strong curse associated with this death threat. She says, may the Baals deal with me ever so severely. Uh, she's in a rage of panic. And as we look at this thoughtfully, of course, a long time after these events had taken place, we notice that he may seem like he has her right where he wants her, back on her heels, making a threat. Um, But like we said last month, there are many people who will violently oppose our faith in Jesus. And there's people all around the world uh, in other countries especially that are suffering violence against themselves against their churches because they de- declare that Jesus is lord but their threats they should show us that they are on that we are on that hard and narrow path that Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 7 verse 14 so if you are in a place of being threatened right now because you're a Christian just be encouraged to know that God has you and them, right where he wants them and you, and not to be intimidated by their threatening. Okay.
1: Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba and Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors.
0: After our previous passage, we might be kind of shocked to read verses three and four. Instead of Elijah being bold like he was in chapter 18 uh, on Mount Carmel, uh, we see that fear sets in, and that's our this next section is uh, entitled "Fear Sets In." And so <laughs> he is completely Elijah is completely intimidated by Jezebel's threat. The fear of death is just too much for him. And we might wonder if disappointment and a lack of revival really led to his depression and his fear. Uh, When he hears that actually, you know, he outruns the chariot, uh, or he runs ahead of Ahab's chariot into Samaria. I wonder if Elijah thought, hey, this revival of worshiping Yahweh and not Baal and the Canaanite gods is going to erupt throughout the land and we're going to have this Big time of change and instead he gets a death threat and I think with all of us disappointment a lot of time will lead us into a place of depression because things didn't work out the way that we thought they would things just didn't work out and we're, we get disappointed and this is what happens with Elijah and because of his fear he runs with his servant and it, here's the deal when it says this this city it is mentioning Beersheba all the way to the southernmost tip of Judah. So he's thinking, how far can I run and still be in the nation of Israel? And that's what he does. He runs all the way to the southernmost point of Judah to hide uh, because of fear. And then, just like Moses and Abraham, Moses in Exodus 22 and Abraham in Genesis 22, he leaves his servant then he goes and he faces God alone. He heads into the desert to chill by a broom tree or bush and he actually asks God to kill him. That, that That is about the lowest of lows that any of us could get in. Jonah was in that space as well at the end of his book that we read in the Old Testament, but he really wanted God to end his life. There was no other reason for him to live unchecked fear it it just has this effect on us doesn't it When we let fear come in and have its unrightful place in our lives it can have this end result and so we assume in these situations that death is the only thing that can free us from fear yet God isn't done with Elijah you would assume at this point where God's like okay if you want to die die but God doesn't do that he doesn't do that with us either this is uh, far from what he does, yet God, this is what he does. He, he won't let Elijah have his exit until 2 Kings chapter 2 when we have the whole whirlwind thing, which is where we kind of got the title for this series. Um, but it's interesting that the very thing that he is running from is the very thing that he's asking God for. So he's afraid of death. He runs from Jezebel, and then he sits down, southernmost point of Israel, and says, God, kill me. I think that's what fear does to us we're running from something and then we're like oh i'm just gonna give into it i might as well
2: just die and so fear sets in with elijah then he laid down under the bush and fell asleep all at once an angel touched him and said get up and eat he looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water he ate and drank and then laid down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Straightened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. So this is
0: the last part of our passage that we see uh, for tonight. Uh, You wanna tune in next week in your life group because the passage next week is even more powerful, we believe. Um, but this is the double dose. This is what I like to call the double dose. At this point, Elijah is ready to lie down and sleep, and he's ready to not wake up. You know, pre, in the previous passage, we saw that. Yet, he, as he's sleeping, he gets a nudge from an angel. And so, you know, maybe he's anticipating waking up and this angel with a flaming sword and getting ready to, to answer his prayer. But instead of finding a sword, he finds... Freshly baked bread. My mom makes the best homemade bread straight out of the oven. Imagine what uh, the bread that God makes uh, tastes like. But he has bread and water and he eats and then he goes back to sleep. And then there's a second time that the angel comes to him again, wakes him up. It's almost like a picture of Acts chapter 12, verse 7, when Peter is uh, in jail and the, the angel wakes him up. It has to nudge him. You know, I almost get this picture of Elijah the same way, but he eats twice. And then we have the definition of superfood. So the second meal, these two meals together are going to act as superfood within Elijah's digestive system, allowing him to have the nourishment needed to not eat again for 40 days. And he's going to make, it's going to give him the strength also to make the 250-ish mile trek to mount sinai to come face to face with god and that'll be next week like we said so god meets elijah in his weakest of all moments and he literally not figuratively but he literally nourishes him back to health and presses him further into like this moses parallel and to the famed mountain of mount sinai and he's going to This is where God gave the law to Moses, uh, where the fire, the smoke was billowing off the top of Mount Sinai. This is the place that he's going to. And Elijah, he needed a fresh encounter with God, and he is going to get it. We all need that fresh encounter with God, and God is giving him everything he needs to make it from this broom bush or this broom tree all the way to Mount Sinai, 250-ish mile journey for Elijah and we're excited to see what's going to happen next but
2: that's where our passage leaves off for tonight. Hey guys, um, so similar story to Sarah's, um, my situation actually happened kind of around the same time around February, March. Um, I was going through a rough time mentally and I really didn't know whether had an opportunity to like sit back and chill just like Sarah did and um, you know I started to you know get to school and started like doing my work and stuff like that but you know I felt like this um, I don't know what it was but I felt like this desire that was in my soul that felt like man I was dealing with a lot of depression and a lot of anxiety and I felt like I needed to talk to somebody about it so one day in March probably in the near end of March. I went and talked to Andrew and I reached out to him and we talked a little bit and stuff like that and you know I was telling him that I had a big lust problem and you know and I've been dealing with it for years but I just never knew how to, you know, talk to somebody about that. So, you know, he told me that he understood and you know, he told me some steps that he wanted to go with me on and um know and he started to like encourage me on that day and you know after that day I started to feel like a big weight that was lifted off my shoulder after that and you know from March all the way to August I want to say my life completely changed like seriously changed Um, so I started to dig deep into God's Word after that I started to like get more um, intimate with God as you would say um and you know i just started to like dig deep into what god really wanted to say to me and what he wanted to do in my life and you know and i wanted to read this text that i had uh from what i read over the summer so it's in luke chapter 13 starting in verse 22 and it says then jesus went through the towns and villages teaching as he made his way to jerusalem someone asked him lord Are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, make every effort to enter through the narrow door because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, sir, open the door for us. He will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, we ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. But he will reply, I don't know you. or Where you come from? Away from me, all you evildoers. There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God. But you yourselves thrown out. People will come from east and west and north and south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed are those who are last who will be first and first who will be last. Alright, so after reading that passage, I know a lot of you guys are like, Okay, what just happened here? What we, what did we just read? And basically, Jesus is like saying, Okay, so you want to know how many, king, how many people are going into the kingdom of God? Uh, don't worry about that because you just make sure that you yourself are making every effort to have that relationship with Jesus Christ. And when I read that, it hit me in a lot of ways because Most of my life, I thought, you know, as long as I hanged around people who believed in Jesus and I memorized a few scriptures and I went to Bible study and all these other things that make you somewhat a Christian, then I would get to heaven. But, you know, clearly that passage, clearly, you know, it states like that's not how you get there. You know what I mean? And so much of my time, like I realized during the summer that, you know, I wasted so much time, like by watching videos that, you know, that probably you know, I shouldn't be watching or, you know, be on Instagram or Snapchat or TikTok or whatever it may be. And I could have been growing in my relationship with God and him getting to know me. And the reason why I read this passage is because I want you guys to know that this time that we have right now is for you guys to actually have a chance to be intimate with God, because we only have one shot at this life and we have to make every opportunity. It said you know in the passage it said make every effort to enter through that narrow door i love that phrase it says make every effort so that means every time like you have an opportunity to wake up you have to be able to know that god gave you that breath and that you know every day is another day that you are able to praise the lord and do good things in his will you know what i mean and so um you know, I just wanted to share this passage with you guys because it's helped change my life and it helped literally change my trajectory of how my relationship with Jesus Christ has come from the... Yeah.
0: Well, as we come to the end of our time together in this passage, we just really want to take some of the things from the scripture and plug them right into our lives so that we can walk away from here uh, with some tools that we can plug in and, and become more like Jesus every day so I hope you felt that from Sarah and Jordan's stories it wasn't just this inspirational thing that they were bringing to you it was something practical that you can use in your life so let's go back up into the passage and get even more to take with us the first thing from our scripture is that we need to be reminded that it's so important to learn to listen to the right voices Jezebel was not the right voice for Elijah to listen to. Isaiah chapter 50 verse 4 says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of disciples, that I may know how to sustain the weary one with the word. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens me to listen as a disciple. Some voices just aren't worth listening to. Some voices are meant to be shirked, to say, This isn't an authoritative voice on my life. And I don't need to listen to it. I need to listen to God's voice. And Jezebel was that voice for Elijah not to listen to. And I think these moments when we listen to unauthoritative voices in our lives, that leads to a place of fear. Surround yourself with trusted voices to offset those other voices. Proverbs eleven fourteen is so powerful, especially with Sarah's story, where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in an abundance of counselors, there is victory. So that's the first thing, listen to the right voices. Second, don't let fear fester. I love the scene of Jesus walking on the water. It's one of my favorites, especially the one, the scene that's mentioned in Matthew chapter 14. Uh, He's walking on the water and then they're freaked out. They think they're seeing a ghost. And Jesus says to them, he says, But immediately jesus spoke to them saying take heart it is i do not be afraid maybe you need to hear jesus saying that to you take heart it is i do not be afraid unaddressed fear can lead to the 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 strongest people it can lead the strongest people to run let's not let not let fear Uh, cause us to run like the unauthorized voices in your life don't give fear the opportunity to drag you into despair don't just wait for the fear to subside I think that's what I do a lot of times in my life I experience fear and I'm like I just got to hunker down and kind of wait for it to pass and then I can come out and I can live my life again don't do that don't leave fear unaddressed in your life be proactive Don't neglect nourishment. Of course, Elijah got the fresh baked bread from the the angel. But the angel came to him twice when he was sleeping uh, to offer food and water. And in the same way, we have to be vigilant in taking care of ourselves. Because this journey of life that we're on is a long journey. This is not something that is, hopefully, we're going to have more time here. And God's not done with us yet. And if he is not done with us, we need to be ready. And so Jesus said this to his disciples during an incredibly busy time of his earthly ministry during those th- last three years of his life. He said this in Mark chapter 6, verse 31. He said, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest for a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. <laughs> um, sometimes... This will come in the form of sleeping and eating well. Maybe you haven't been sleeping enough. Maybe you haven't been eating the right things. Maybe you haven't been taking care of your body to know that the way that you know God wants you to take care. Maybe you haven't reached out to a Christian counselor um, before it, and you know that you need to. But you need to know that the best nourishment that you can get is in God. Like Jordan said, it's in God's word and in prayer. The goal is to position all of ourselves to finish strong. We want to finish strong. Matthew said, uh, Matthew wrote down uh, that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 13, that he or she that endures to the end will be saved. So the goal is to position ourselves to finish strong. Ultimately for this life, in the short term, uh, you may think for the short term about this semester, strong this semester. Maybe it's just today. Maybe it's it's nighttime right now or whenever you're watching this, but think about just making it through today, trusting in Jesus. And that leads to the last thing we wanted to just mention that if there's any one of you that have not yet accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, maybe you have never repented initially for the things that you've done in your life. Maybe you have never made the decision to get baptized. Or maybe you've made all those decisions, but you're not really living the Christian life. We want to give you an opportunity to respond tonight. Uh, in the comments, please comment, uh, direct message us, email us, we would love to connect with you. On our website, we've got a great page that talks about initial decisions that Christians have made throughout the last 2,000 years. Uh, that page, you can visit it, csfiubui.com slash Baptist. We would love to talk with you about any of those decisions that you would like to make. Uh, Let's end with a word of prayer, and uh, we'll just soak all this in that God has been teaching us tonight. God, thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you that his sacrifice on the cross was enough, more than enough, to save us and the entire world. God, when we come to moments of depression, anxiety, doubt, fear, whatever it is that we're dealing with, God, I pray that we would not be shy about sharing that with you, first of all, but also with trusted people in our lives who do have authority that in our lives that we trust in. We really, really want um, them to help us through these dark moments. I pray that we wouldn't feel like we're being a burden on anybody. Uh, Man, we were built. We were built, as the proverb says, brothers were born for adversity. We were built for times like these. And Elijah's in a low moment, and God, you wouldn't let him stay there. Don't let us stay there tonight. I pray that we would run to you. And it's in Jesus' name,